Frank, it finally happened. I've submitted an app to the App Store, and at this point, it's rejected, and it will <laughs> never be approved. Oh, wow. Welcome to that club. Um, I'm not actually a member of that club, but I, it's kind of like my dark horrors at night that I would be a member of that club. So that sounds terrible. What happened? I've been, you know, I think that we've all been part of the almost at this level uh-huh. of rejection. Months, months of waiting and wondering. Yes. <laughs> and and specifically what I want to talk about is, you know, we've talked about the build up to app release, but what happens when you actually submit it to Apple? And I often at some points get some feedback that says, hey, you violated this arbitrary number that you should have read about and you need to fix that. And then you scramble to fix whatever they have told you and you resubmit it. And guess what? You get another email back that says you also need to do X, Y, and Z. And you're like, what is going on? Oh, so this is kind of the worst case scenario where you keep doing like one-off changes and they just keep coming back to you with more stuff. See, that's not my experience. Um, I've I've been rejected in my lifetime. I've been rejected a lot. <laughs> and um, it, it's usually been an actually pretty easy. They'll just flat out say, A, this feature is not allowed. You got to ditch it. That's the worst case scenario. Or B, here's something trivial you didn't know about iOS. Like you can't use this icon to mean this. And then you just go and fix it. So, but you're not getting either of those, huh? So I, I, I did get a nice little bag uh, of that and they, 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 they went to those paths. I think, you know, you get different reviewers and eventually what happened is that this is a little bit known. I don't know if this is an unknown fact, but I'm pretty sure this is how it works is that when you submit your app to the app store for review, you get, you may get different reviewers of your application. I'm pretty sure at some point, if you get so many rejections and you go through this process, someone will actually be assigned to your application, um, which means it may take a little bit longer to review, but the same exact person is reviewing it. And actually, it's kind of like they're working with you. Like they become your best and worst friend at the same time. And at this point, once this happened, I got a beautiful description of everything that was wrong. And then it said, would you like to schedule a phone call? Ah, it got to the phone call. This is actually, uh, in my experience, also good news. Um, you know, you can try to explain your way. Um, y- you start a little email thread with these people. For someone who's never gone through this process before, it really is just a little thread where you're just replying to each other, trying to work out what exactly you're supposed to change. But like, it's not their job to guide you through. They told you what's wrong. It's your job to just go and fix it. But if you get them to the phone call, then chances are you're going to get things fixed because two humans talking together can usually work things out yeah and and that's kind of what actually happened but we got to the point we actually it was really it was a great experience and and you know i think if people read the title of this episode they may be like oh frank and james are going to complain for 30 minutes and rest assured this experience while it was frustrating on my end i was breaking all of the app store review guidelines as we've all I'm sure have read the 28 page document of what your app can and can't do. You've read this, right, Frank? I swear to God, when I started out with like iOS 2, this thing was a few pages long. I don't know if I'm I'm completely wrong or not, but I am baffled by how long it is. You just, uh, we, we looked it up before the show and I'm scrolling through it. I'm like, oh, there's no end to this thing. So yes, I, I've read every word of it <laughs> twice. <laughs> twice. Um, I still haven't. So that's definitely a thing. And what oh, I like about that is that there's a there's a before you submit and then there is the table of contents and then there is an after you submit. So it's like, hey, you should probably do all this first and then also check sections one, two, three 
four and five, um, which have subsections all the way down to there's like 3.1, 3.16, right? So, I mean, some of these you may immediately get, which is like beta testing or app completeness or it crashes or something like that. And those are all in there. Even design, if they don't like your design or I got flagged for alternate for like app icons. Little, did, yeah. did you know that your app icon that you submit to the store must match one-to-one with the actual app icon that is installed on the device? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's stated somewhere in this long document. It is. In <laughs> fact, I believe it is in, um, <laughs> I could look it up here. I believe it's in some some number or whatever. It was, it was, it was one of those things, um, accurate metadata or something like that. Um, yeah. And uh, was, Joking aside, though, I, I, this is what happens, though, is uh, developers talk, we talk to each other on Twitter, and you kind of absorb the gist of this guideline, to be honest. There are going to be these little details, like you missed this, because obviously it never came up on Twitter, <laughs> this requirement or anything like that. But in general, um, I think just after years of programming on iOS, I've just kind of internalized this. So the stuff they say, like, uh, to do before you submit an app, that's kind of stuff I think about while I'm designing an app, or even when I'm having the initial app idea is I'm trying to work within the store's rules. And we've talked about that before, but it's just good to remember that, like, don't read this at the end, read this before you start working on the app. (laughs) Yeah. And it's super important because let's say you're building an application and you're going to start to do extensions for your iOS application. There's actually huge guidelines on what extension can and can't do. For instance, keyboard extensions have like 18 bullet lists of what they can and what they cannot do. They can't include marketing, advertising, or in-app purchases, for instance. There's things for stickers and Safari extensions and for Apple Music integration and for all sorts of crazy stuff. And it makes a lot of sense. And in fact, I remember doing this a long time for, I mean, Microsoft has this too. And I think Google actually has one too, but theirs is very automated. So as long as you're not doing malicious stuff, you don't really have to, Mm -hmm. no one's reviewing your app. But yeah. In the world of Windows, that does happen to some extent. And I'll say, Frank, what happened here, and Frank poo-pooed on, on me earlier about this, because the app that I was submitting is this plug-in example uh, application. I was wondering if you were going to finally tell us or if you were just going to dangle this for yeah. the whole show. <laughs> it, it is my plugins for Xamarin examples. And um, this is a, it's, a, it's a bunch of samples and examples of what the source code is to execute the code. It's kind of nice. And really what it's doing is is just showing you how to use these features, right? It's not actually an app that is an app. It's more of a demo software type thing. But I wanted it to be in the app store to kind of give people a hands-on. You see some of these things for different different um, library creators or, you know, JavaScripty type things and things like that. I was like, oh, I think this will fall in as it's an example. I first called it demos. Never put demo <laughs> or beta or anything in your app. That's a bad idea. Um, no, they only want finished products on the app store. No, none of your trial software. So even if it's, well, can you use trial? That's a good question. I think that one's still allowed. I don't know. It's very, there's very tricky, very tricky. So I'm sure it's in the guide. avoid those words. <laughs> yeah. And, and to be honest with you, like there, this rejection process it wasn't frustration. It was actually me just not really following the guidelines. Because what <laughs> happens, I rushed it to get to the app store. I just kind of, mm-hmm. I, oh, I couldn't find my original icon. So I just did something that was very similar to it, right? And like poo-poo on me because I'm, you know, that's my fault for doing that. Um, so it kind of just kind of fell down this cascading um, effect to the point where after two, a full month, month and a half, they're like, hey, let's talk on the phone. And this was delightful, Frank, because this is, you're right, you're right. This is a time for you, 
you have an opportunity to explain yourself. So it was a delightful experience. We scheduled a call together. I want to walk people through this because I've never had this happen um, in my six years of development. I've never had this this get to this this point where um, she walked through every single rejection thing. And she said, here's the issue. Here's how you can fix it. Here's the issue. Here's how you can fix it. Like, do you have questions along the way? And there was some things about like metadata. Like I was using the name Xamarin in my title. That's a big no-no because I work for Microsoft in Xamarin, but this is not a Microsoft right. or Xamarin app. This is a James Montemagno app. The rule is you cannot use any trademark name at all unless uh, it's yours. Exactly. Very true. Even in the keywords, not just the title, but even in the keywords. Even in the keywords, um, which is was interesting for me to learn. And I you know, was able to fix those things and some of the other icon stuff I could fix. And what they actually wanted to know, though, is it wasn't them just reading through the guidelines. She said, what what is your describe your app to me? Describe what it's actually supposed to be doing, et cetera, et cetera. She's like, I've so used it. I understand. Good. Yeah, it, it wasn't adversarial because I could imagine the phone call could have gone. Uh, hey, your app keeps getting rejected here. I don't know. I I could just see this phone call going in much worse directions. <laughs> so that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you could see maybe me getting a little upset. You could find maybe <laughs> them getting frustrated. I mean, but no, it was a very delightful experience of like, it wasn't them saying your app, your app is crap. Your app is never going to be on there. They, they wanted to get the full understanding of it, which I really appreciated. So I walked them through the scenarios. I pointed out some other apps that were similar to it, blah, 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 some different scenarios. And I said, I understand that this application specifically may fall into this category. And if it does, I'll drop it. I'm okay. I get it. I think that it falls into this category, but I want you to know what it's actually doing and it's an intended purpose. And she goes, all right, I fully understand it. Let me, I'm going to read back to you what I'm going to tell the board. Like they, they get escalated up wow. to whatever the next thing is. <laughs> She's like, I want to know if this is an accurate statement from what you just told me, which is what I'm going to portray, right? Because sometimes you hear things different. I'm like, that is perfect. That's exactly what it does, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> These are very experienced professionals. Wow. <laughs> it was great. And I'm, I believe that they do this a few bajillion times, right? here with all yeah, these apps. Exactly. <laughs> and, um, you know, within 24 hours, I got the updated rejection notification specifically for what we discussed on the phone. She said, if you, if they say yes, then boom, this is good. Uh, else you'll get another rejection telling you this. And if so, we've discussed that it's okay that it's never going to happen. So at this point, the app's never going to happen at, on, on iOS unless I change it around. You know, I mean, the idea now is that I could make it a real application. I could do other stuff with it and I could include these things in it, but it has to be in a scope. And I now fully understand what I did wrong. So I kind of wanted to walk us through that. And I know that, I've been rejected for other things in the past, um, but I've always been able to solve them. So it was kind of a really unique thing that I wasn't able to solve it. Yeah. Okay. So I got this right. You're you're still rejected then. So the 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 story started out. You're rejected permanently, and you're still permanent rejected, huh? So something rejected. fundamentally has to change about this app because uh, I think I said it to you when you were complaining about this the first time. I said um, it's an app store, not a software dumping ground. And I is that. Did those words come back to bite you? Was that kind of their argument? Like, what what do they actually want out of you? They, and I quote, guideline 4.2, design minimum functionality. 
Um, we found that the usefulness of your app is limited by the minimal amount of content or features it includes. Specifically, your uh. app only includes a collection of code for different Xamarin projects or libraries. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. They just called you up. Your app doesn't do much. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's kind of hard <laughs> or harsh even. <laughs> but okay. Um, yeah. So I guess what you would have to do is say, here's a Twitter client <laughs> using all my libraries or something, but um, which is unfortunate because I think we all know the kind of app you're talking about. I used to use it with Windows apps where you just wanted to see the breadth of the control library and see what all the different things you could do with something and so you had an app that was just a bunch of widgets on the screen and you could play around with them i always found found them useful so it's too bad that apple's saying um there's no utility in that <laughs> yeah you know i think if i had modified those modified it a little bit right because there are those apps on the app store today um from for many of our sponsors and those are unique things that they created and they probably put them in a in a in a way of showing and documenting some useful activity. And what I could have done is like take geolocation, right? I could have like mapped it or I could have like made it a small little pedometer app. You know what I mean? I could have made like sub apps inside of it in some way. They're like this is a demo and this is how you would use it. And this is really cool functionality. So I think that may be a way to get around mm -hmm. it. But that, that was, I was my thinking. You, you could switch it to be a teaching app, take all that documentation you've been writing and try to integrate it into the app. Now it's a uh, uh, learn Xamarin plugins app. There you now go. Now it's got utility. Now it's got utility. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Try it. There's a try it. work, button. though. <laughs> That's actually highly possible. That'd be kind of cool. Now, um, we'll see. But have you ever run into, I know that you have very yeah. complex applications. Have you run into this type of situation? Is your experience similar or different? Oh, I've had different experiences, but I think... Um, the commonality between all the app store rejection experiences is that we all have different experiences. <laughs> There's so many ways to be rejected on the app store. Um, so in the early days, I went through it's what it sounds like all the early ones that you had, the small ones, the icons are wrong, your description is wrong, um, all sorts of things are wrong, you're just not supposed to do this. I, I went through those, and then I went through a pretty sweet period of um, writing simple apps and knowing the guidelines and not ever having to like run afoul of them. So everything just kind of worked well. I never really got rejected. Uh, and then I wrote two different apps, <laughs> and both of them have been notoriously hard <laughs> to get through review every time. Uh, one of them is this old RSS reader I wrote in 2010. People might know it as Elcar's Reader. It was oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Ran into a few legal issues with that one. So <laughs> that was probably my most painful uh, review process. And I was actually going to make the joke earlier, the way we're all like reading guidelines and speaking in precise language. Uh, this is truly programmers becoming lawyers and doing a terrible job at it. <laughs> because we're not good lawyers. We don't like reading long documents. We don't like drawing conclusions and all that. But in this case, I actually did need to be a lawyer and I failed. So moving on. <laughs> Uh, the one app I got a phone call for, though, was actually uh, Continuous, my IDE. And that was a weird one because it got um, approved actually very quickly and its release was very smooth. But then I went to do an update on it and it got rejected. And that was tough. <laughs> so that's purely, I, I think that's the case of you getting two different reviewers. I don't know what, you know, what to blame it on or anything like that. But I certainly didn't change any major functionality. It was just, you know, bug fixes and performance improvements. <laughs> um, 
And yeah, so that escalated into a phone call. And the phone call didn't actually go as well for me as you. Maybe I'm not oh. as good a people person. <laughs> no, we were very, we were both very polite and very um, professional, maybe, hopefully. <laughs> but um, there was no resolution at the end of it. It was kind of like um, them saying I'm breaking a rule, me explaining I'm not breaking the rule, me having, I had already submitted new binaries to fix the few um specific lawyeries <laughs> technicalities that they called out and you know precision edits to make those fixes uh but eventually um um uh, they must have gone through that board review process that you spoke of. I don't know how the system actually works. That's the problem with Apple. They're very opaque. But um, she must have defended me because <laughs> uh, all of a sudden, two days later, the app just got approved. So while I felt like we didn't come to a good uh, ending in that conversation, obviously, um, she had enough ammo to come back with and get it approved for me. So that was super awesome and nerve wracking, but still super awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's, it's really hard because you put in all of this work ahead of time, right? And you don't know until you submit it and, and it goes through a different process for test flight. Like there is some sort right. of thing, but they're not doing a full pass on it. So it's kind of a scary thing to say like, oh, I've worked on this thing for months and I want to go submit it now. And who knows if it's going to be approved or not. And that yeah. scares me. Yeah, you know, I mean, I it scares me so much that I've thought about doing terrible things. Like, let's say I want to do an app and I'm just not sure if it'll get approved, like the concept, what it's going to do in the end. What I kind of want to do is just hack together a terrible demo of it, release it under a terrible name with no branding, try not to even put it under my name, but just to see if I can get the stupid thing approved. Then if it gets approved, okay, great, tear that app down, rebuild it into its good version. I wish you could do that, but I don't know. I don't even know if that's worth that like like we've mentioned you get two different reviewers and they'll catch two different things unfortunately so it, it's a tough situation uh best to just internalize that god awful 20 pages of text <laughs> somehow <laughs> and design yeah, it I agree. up front yeah yeah well let's um let's i want to talk a little bit more when uh, about how we ourselves when we run into these problems how we actually can further not wait for a phone call but actually talk to apple themselves and actually um, some of the other teams to actually see what other developers are talking about but let's first take a quick break here and thank our sponsor this week who actually has a beautiful application in the app store showing off all their examples of their beautiful controls and widgets and charts and graphs which is telerik and specifically i'm talking about telerik ui for xamarin because telerik has all these great ui controls for just about anything that you can think of whether it's uw or ASP.NET or using jQuery or, or Angular. They have all these great controls. But specifically for Xamarin developers and Xamarin Forms developers, they have UI for Xamarin. And what's great about it is it's fully cross-platform, super beautiful native controls and widgets. We're talking about things like charts and graphs, optimized list views, gauges, calendars, side drawers, data forms, autocomplete text views, zip libraries, data sources, busy indicators, all that jazz that you can possibly think of. I mean, they have, you name it, they basically have it that you can 
in easily integrate into your application cross-platform too with Xamarin Form. So, hey, I need a rating control, right? I need to be able to say two stars, three stars, and I need all those behaviors and stuff like that in it. Boom, drag and drop down in some XAML. You got stars, circles, diamonds, hearts, or custom icons, anything like that that you can predefine, which is super awesome. And of course, really complex things too, like I'm talking about charts and graphs and full calendars, um, whether it's stacked or series or anything like that. They're beautiful native user interfaces for iOS, Android, and Windows, and of course, cross-platforms for Xamarin Forms. So you're saying, James, this sounds amazing. Where do I go? Where do I get it? Where do I learn more? Well, you can download the Telerik uh, UI for Xamarin examples application from any app store. So you can just try them out right on your actual device, which is super awesome. Then you can learn how to actually get it with a full 30-day trial of UI for Xamarin by going to Telerik.com slash merge conflict. That's Telerik.com slash merge conflict. Thanks, Telerik, for sponsoring Merge Conflict this week. Yeah, thanks, Telerik. Yeah, I love it. I love Such awesome stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> I was so, just reading uh, I was reading a line out of the review guidelines, and it says, the App Store has enough fart, burp, flashlight, and Kama Sutra apps already. Do not spam the App Store. <laughs> no, it does not say that. Does it really? It does. Yes, section 4.3, spam, final sentence, or second to last sentence. <laughs> oh, wow, it does. Yeah, so uh, we you mentioned something um, that I was hoping to work too was um, the test flight review process because they do make you do a review when you're doing uh, beta apps, beta versions of your app. And my hope was always that that was as good as a full app review, but it turns out it's not. They allow a lot of things through test flight that they don't allow through review. But I still think it's an excellent exercise to go through because if you're not, if you don't get through beta review, you're definitely not going to make it through full review. So I just yeah. wanted to make sure we hit on that. Yeah, and I think it's important to make sure that, you know, you do your due diligence before you submit to the app store, right? So a lot of these things these weren't necessarily functionality bad things in my app, right? My app wasn't crashing. The functionality worked as described per se. And this happens all the time. I never use the app store review as a final check, right? Because who knows what they're actually testing or what they're checking. Because like you said, the continuous person may have opened it up and they're like, okay, cool. I see this thing. And they interpreted it a little bit different. I'm like, yeah, good. Right. Give it a yeah, minute. Good to go. <laughs> good to go. But the next person's like, hmm, I'm going to spend maybe a half an hour playing around with this app because um, it's kind of cool, you know? And then they're like, mm, I don't know. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that, James. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows? You, you never know. But I think that that's the thing is that you want to kind of do your due diligence. And when we talk about the betas and stuff like that, yeah, it's like, it's important to test on device, test on multiple devices, you know, and you don't know what they're going to test. I think often they test on an iPad for me in my analytics. I'm not positive, but you, you know, you don't know what they're going to test on. They test it on a real device though. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, in-app sure. purchases too, like that was a big thing. I got I got hit a few times on that um, oh, just Lord. because. <laughs> that yeah. was one of my longest ones is going through the review process for in-app purchase. It was it went from everything from I set it up incorrectly from the um, iTunes Connect side to the way my app, the specific language in my app, you know, the actual sentences I present to the user to, well, basically everything. It took me like four or five uploads to get that thing approved. That was for uh, Kelka's patronage. Yeah, I had I had that same thing. It was funny in this app. One of the first things they rejected me for is that I didn't have a button in the app to restore downloads. Oh, yeah, you got to have restore. it. You got to have that. purchases. Yeah. So how mine worked is that when you opened it up, it would try to automatically restore. But no, you have oh, the sure. button. 
No, no, my, mine did the exact same thing too. But I put a button on there because they told you you have to have a button. And you know what the button does? Literally nothing. But no, no, there. no it, it, it does. Well, so, <laughs> so how else though? I have no idea. I had to wait for a phone call for this app. And like, are there ways that you, when you were going through the continuous process or other apps, or are there other ways of reaching out and, and communicating and getting, you know, support? Yeah. I, I, when we were first talking about this, I wanted to mention that um, we, we can be proactive about this stuff. So if you have a question, um, there's actually better ways to get answers to them than just submitting the app blindly and making a poor reviewer reject it or something like that. So I wanted to bring up the few ways that you can actually contact Apple. And probably the best one, but it's also going to cost you some money, is this thing called developer support. And well, I don't know. H- have you done this? Do you have any experience with this? No, I have no idea. No. Oh, this thing's awesome. So as a part of your membership to being a, um, a mobile developer, Apple's developer program, you get two free developer support incidents. And this is you email the special email address with your right credentials, or maybe you use a web form. I don't do it very often. And within a day or two, you will basically be talking to an engineer that's trying to help you through a problem. And they will pretty much, I don't know how long you can take this, you're not going to get a month long training course out of an engineer. But they are very thorough. And they will follow up with you until you feel like you're satisfied with the resolution. And you get to do that twice a year of basically just email them, ask any old question you want, and they'll answer it It can be a small question can be a big one. Now the thing is, after the two free ones, you got to pay for them. And the last time I checked, they're about 100 bucks a piece. But you know what, when you're hitting like a really hard problem, then it's worth every penny because $100 to solve your problem is cheap in the long run. So I just wanted to bring that one up because I think it is absolutely the most useful, but it is the most expensive. I'm surprised you haven't tried it out. I have not tried that specific. That's actually a pretty good idea. You know, it's funny because I get a lot of people that even come to me and ask me for help with this problem or like this little Xamarin thing here or there, iOS thing here or there. And we actually have a whole microsoft support team that are like xamarin support experts too (laughs) and i'm pretty sure that that's included with your visual studio subscription so i have um, to look that one up be aware that i'm pretty sure if i go to visual my my dot visual i remember seeing it at like the evolve conference i would see xamarin employees uh having one-on-ones with customers and that was i I assume they were all just doing technical problems (laughs) of just trying to figure things out that one was for Evolve. That was really cool. You could do one-on-ones and you could like sit down with Xamarin, like engineers, like bust out your code and profile your application. But like we essentially, I mean, Microsoft's a huge company, right? I mean, they have huge support things. But I think when you go to my.visual studio, um, wow, I have $300 in Azure credit. That's cool. Um, you probably have stuff that you don't even know that you have. <laughs> when you credits have that you don't know. There's support and then there's get support. And I'm pretty sure that there's stuff for subscribers. Like there's stuff that's associated with it. Maybe I'm not sure there's a whole partner network. I have no idea. There's a whole bunch of stuff, but I'm pretty sure that there's a support network for questions. Um, or, you know, go to the forums. I think that's another thing, too, because I know at our forums and Stack Overflow, you, you also, uh, also that like Xamarin people hang out. And I'm assuming that on the Apple, the Apple forums are unique because you can't even see them unless you register and you're signed in to your Apple developer account. So only other developers are there. And I found so many 
helpful things there once I've signed in, because even though it's a lot of Objective-C and Swift developers, they're still running into issues that you're running into. One thing, oh, yeah. I'll tell you this one, Frank, this one, oh, I'm going to put a link to this in, this one is, this one is gravy. This one is beautiful because someone's app got rejected for this actually, but it was, uh-huh. it's a bug in the operating system. So this happens, um, I have a link to it. When you set the UI slider appearance, minimum track tint color or maximum tint track color to a color Wow. on an iPad even, Pro. That's, <laughs> and only that sounds like a normal use. <laughs> yes. But only when you open up the, I'm going to find it right. It's so good. It's going to be a minimum track to tint color. When you open up the, there's a radar for it. It's when you open up the media picker uh-huh. 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 and that control on the UI image picker controller with camera source freezes the app when being accessed while oh. having the UI slider, right? Yeah, this is, this is radar open three zero three. I colored it incorrectly or something, but no, it freezes the app. Great. It freezes <laughs> the app. Yes. I'm going to put it into our Zencaster right now. So you can read it. This is great. Um, so and I this say is, for, yeah, uh, it happens. So, a, a neat thing about the developer support is even though it is $100, if they find out that you're running into your problem because of a bug in the OS, you get refunded it. So it's actually free if you call out a bug. That's pretty good. <laughs> so that would have been a good way. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, so you mentioned radar. Um, that's that's the um, worst way to talk to Apple. <laughs> <laughs> is that so, the black hole? Yeah. Um, so here, here's the deal. Apple has this very nice site where you can submit bugs to Apple. And anytime you talk to any of their engineers, they really encourage you to file radars because someone at some point is reading these things. But you will never get a response on a radar. <laughs> they never reply to you. Don't ask questions there. You are doing a loyal service to the Apple community by filing a radar, and I don't want to stop you from doing it. You should do it. I do it all the time because uh, I run into bugs. But you just don't get a response. It's terrible. Um, yeah, I mean, eventually they do like a big triage after six months, and you'll get a, is this still a bug? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can investigate. But um, I, I would much rather use the forums, but just had to say that about the radar. Yeah, Doesn't that's work. a good, there was, there, this radar has no responses. It's just a sitting there. And uh, I, I found it because I was inside of a Stack Overflow, which linked to a mm. developer forum that went through this. It's pretty crazy. Um, it's very interesting. But so my solution for a lot of people is just to remove it. So I just, just remove those two lines of code. Remo- Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need colors. What are, what are colors for? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, well, it would I be like nice. the forum. I like the forums. Uh, they're not nearly as good as Stack Overflow. So if you have a general kind of question, just ask on Stack Overflow. Things will work better. But uh, the nice thing about the forums is you get Apple engineers on there sometimes that'll respond to you, especially during the beta season. So if you're using some new tech included in the beta and you're running into problems using it, chances are one of the engineers will pop up eventually because you know they're looking for bugs at that time. Uh, it, it's not super fast. You're not going to get a super fast turnaround, but eventually someone does respond usually. <laughs> um, so I've actually had good experience with that. Um, just never when you desperately want the knowledge. So it's again, it's it's not quite the black hole that the radar is, but it is just uh, send the message and check back in a week. That makes sense. And I think it's with anything. It's you can only you can only expect 
people to respond so fast, right? Because these developers and anywhere, no matter what company it is, right? I think Google, I've submitted, I submitted an Android bug to their reporting system, which is equally as terrible and, and open. And um, on Android, it was this issue. There was a new feature and it just didn't work at all. Just like, and everyone else says like, hey, this doesn't work either. And they're like, yep, doesn't work. And that was the end of the conversation. Well, and me too. Me too. I like to post the me too ones. I, oh I yeah, me do too. It. This doesn't yeah. work. Well, it doesn't work for me either. <laughs> and I would say that I am fans of, I am a fan of tacking on to say, hey, I validated this as well. I was, I was going through this issue, blah, blah, blah. Just, you know, I, this is what's it's still working for me. It's bump. needed. Yeah, it, it brings the thread back up to the top. And I, I, I've definitely heard people say they can't stand it when people bump threads, but I think it's an important part of uh, forum thread culture. That is how you make a thread more known. Yeah, this is affecting me too. Yeah. Bump. <laughs> I think let it know. Just don't do a plus one. You know, just do write something there. That's all. I just ask for that. I, I try to contribute one more ounce of info. <laughs> yes, this failed on me on a Mac. There, I yeah, contributed there something. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what I did. I said this also fails for me on Xamarin development and on these eighteen devices and also on the new versions. This has still not been fixed. Please fix. And then they're like, "Thanks." <laughs> so, I think you know it's. I at least feel better knowing that other people are running into the issue too, and that they're aware of it and maybe they will fix it at some point. And, um, but I think that's, it's cool that there are developers that are looking at it, whether you're doing Google iOS or Xamarin development, there's people out there doing it. But I think also I realize since I am a developer and I work internally, these things is that those people also have a thousand other things to be doing. So while you oh, may yeah. think that it's not being looked at, rest assured that it's probably in a backlog somewhere. It's just a point of how many how many people are impacted by it. What's the severity? What's all this stuff? And we often don't get to see that, right? We're not seeing what's happening in the the circle sphere thing of Johnny Ives over there. Um, <laughs> in his little white world yeah exactly <laughs> we don't know how the data is floating around or what machine is grinding it into aluminum yeah exactly. we, we don't get we don't see. get to see the inner workings but i have to believe that 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 it's there right and that eventually things will be um fixed yeah. up at some point. i i don't think the developers would be telling us to file radars if they didn't actually do something so there's something there. So let's bring this all the way back around now. Um, so you're currently perma rejected, but it's been thoroughly explained to you why you were. Are you going to continue on with this app or not? Great question. So I would like to somehow, and I think we've talked about today, maybe some good suggestions that I can do with it specifically, um, kind of make it a toolbox of some sort, like there's a compass in there. So maybe I'll actually go and mm. implement a compass. You know what I mean? <laughs> type of thing. A bit of work, but yeah. yeah instead sure. of just showing random numbers <laughs> right, on a screen, <laughs> maybe I'll make it an actual compass. So yeah. I think that that would probably be good. It's like a Xamarin toolbox of goodies type of thing. And maybe that will mm. appease them uh, in a way. <laughs> And then that kind of allows me to explore more APIs so I can maybe map some stuff on your route that you've taken, like track route or find or, you know, um, you know, you have it like it's like save location and you're finding your car or whatever, and then you can bring it back. So I'm going to continue on. It's not a priority anymore. And I think now since it's been so thoroughly explained, I'm okay with it. I've I've accepted it. (laughs) Came to terms, huh? Yeah, come to terms. Come to terms. Ah, well... 
I'm a little disappointed. Um, it's a tough balancing act with those kinds of things because you, uh, to to appease Apple, yeah, you would have to add a bunch of logic to the app and a lot of like widgets and rendering code and all that. And all that's just going to get in the way of trying to demonstrate what you are trying to demonstrate is look how easy these plugins are to use. So it's unfortunate uh, with that. But I think that's a that's probably a game you're used to playing with all the demos you have to write. Yeah. <laughs> so. I had faith that you could pull it off. I think uh, we'll see. Ask me again in six months and we'll see where it's at. But I would like to because it's a it was actually kind of a cool way of of allowing people to try the the plugins, but also donate to supporting the the plugins and buying me tacos in my spare time and uh, mostly coffee. Let's be honest, not too many tacos, but um, <laughs> so that was kind of cool. And it was also the, uh, one of the greatest ways for me to test um test my plugins because they now purchase one it's like well if i need to test it i'll just test everything in this test app and then we'll go from there so but it'd be fun we'll see what happens we'll see what the future goes but we'd love to of course hear what's happening and from from our from our listeners and if it's happened to you or or where you're at and and how you felt and uh kind of as the apps go through because i gotta imagine that i bet some people it just is always gliding through no big deal and that'd be kind of oh no you think i haven't talked I haven't spoken to one iOS developer that hasn't been rejected. I, I don't know. <laughs> I can't imagine your first app. Do you remember your first app? Rejected, 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 rejected. It's impossible to get that first one through. That's true. Because you don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah. how much did you do this? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't read the 20-page document. <laughs> That's true. That's true. The, yeah, and that keeps updating. We've all dealt with it. So, yes, please, please write in. Let's have some more sob fests. Yeah. <laughs> Let's complain. <laughs> Now, Frank, now that we're done with rejection, I need to know, I need to get a status update. We told our users, you did a micro review of your AirPods and you were telling me a little bit about the show beforehand that you have an update for our listeners on the AirPod laydown. So hit me. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I, I, um, I totally cursed myself and I lost them. It was like two days later and I lost them. Can you believe that? (laughs) How'd you lose Uh. them? I don't know. Well, I, I I do know. So I went to a store and I was cashing out and I took the AirPod out of my ear. So I wasn't a complete rude douchebag. <laughs> so I could actually speak to a human. Yeah. And at that point, they got put in my pocket. After that, who knows? My brain's not tracking. I got one in my ear, one in my pocket. I go home. I go to the mailbox, fluttering all around. Lose lose one at some point. So it occurs to me an hour later, oh, I lost an AirPod. Just one, of course. <laughs> And how depressing, huh? And then, miraculously, um, a neighbor found it and put a note on my door. And it was amazing. So the AirPod came back to me. So yes, number one, they are still ridiculously easy to lose. And number two, I still have faith in humanity. (laughs) It's good. (laughs) Are you going to buy one of those? There's like the straps that you can get for it. So like, oh, God, no. I, I would uh, rather lose a stupid $150 device than walk around with that strap. Uh, but I do have, I, I want to augment my review. I did find one negative thing about them. Uh, there was this weird scenario where um, usually when they when you take them out of your ears, they automatically shut off and everything's great. Like the Bluetooth session ends and everything stops. Uh, what I had this time, though, was I was talking to someone on the phone, which I never do. I never talk on the phone, but I was this time. And I got within range of the pods and they must have taken over, but they weren't anywhere near my ear. And all of a sudden my phone call cut out. And it was just the phone acted like it was connected. Like it was just 
I just assumed it was a classic iOS 11 bug. So I just stayed on the call for like two minutes, nothing. Then it just came back and we had a conversation. And then when it, and then it went away for five minutes again as my AirPods took over. Oh my goodness. And so, yeah, there's still a few little bugs in this magic. The magic is 90% magic. Other times it's mysterious magic. It took me forever to figure out what was stealing the audio when that was happening. That's funny. <sighs> That's AirPod cool. update week two. <laughs> I want to keep getting the updates. Um, I'm still in debates on what I want to do with devices and, oh, I don't know, the headphones. I actually just bought new $10 JVC earbuds that are terrible because I still have a cord uh, that I can plug tinny. into, but soon I will not, I'm sure. <laughs> so, oh, Did we talk about this? Is Android actually moving away or are you just being a pessimist? Well, I'm pretty sure that the next version of the Pixel and uh, the Essential phone that I've been waiting on, which may be Vaporware at this point um, from Andy Rubin, oh, yeah does not have one so that's for sure oh so you already know okay but i I have to imagine that the next pixel phone will do it which will set a trend right i mean they set the trend for the fingerprint on the back which is now basically every device with a fingerprint on android and then um you know those once once google says yeah it's gone you know it'll be gone so we'll see the trend toward the end of times yeah i think all the low (laughs) end phones for a long time will keep them but we'll see yeah I think I'm going to get one of those low-end phones. <laughs> you got to. I want to go back about like four years <laughs> in technology. You know, I, I think I'm turning into an old man. I'm not going to lie. I, I totally did that. I bought this. I needed a test device and I bought this blue Android KitKat device or something like that. And it's, I mean, KitKat is yeah quite old at this point. And one, I would never use it as my, old, my own phone because terrible. Um, And it's like a $40 phone, which is super cheap and fine. But like I turned it on the other day and like there was like spamware on it. Like I have no idea what happened. Like there was was, like pop ups and things (laughs) like there. I have no idea what happened. I didn't even do anything of any nice things. (laughs) And like I've only used it once to like test something. And I turned it on like there was all these pop ups and things. I think they did like a update thing. I don't don't know. It was bananas. I'm like, oh, this is why I don't buy non Google phones because I don't want to deal with the shenanigans anyways. As an Android hacker, can't you just wipe it out and start fresh like yeah. Windows users do? That's what I did. That's what I did. Back, <laughs> back to the Google. Put Mozilla OS on it. Anyways. All right, Frank. Now that we've dealt with our rejection, people can write in and tell us all about their rejection and how they dealt with it themselves. You can, of course, find us anywhere on the internet. I'm at James Montemagno. Frank is at Proclarum on Twitter. And the show is at Merge Conflict FM. On Twitter, we keep you up to date on all the news and, and things happening in the world of this podcast. But of course, you can go to mergeconflict.fm and actually give us some feedback. There's a contact form. You can write uh, comments on the actual um episode which is super cool so if you have a comment on the actual show go ahead and leave it there we often read them back so make sure to do that and of course subscribe on apple Podcasts or any other apple or any other podcast application that you may be using to stay up to date on the latest and greatest merge conflict episodes got through that one frank that was a good wow that was a long one all right buddy (laughs) well until next week i'm james montemagno and i'm frank krueger thanks for listening peace